Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin the 15th chapter of Mark with verses 1 through 21. Last week, we had just cut away from phase one of Jesus' trial before the Jewish authorities to Peter and his denial of Jesus just a couple of hours after boldly swearing that he would never deny him, even if everyone else did. Now Mark cuts back to the continuation of Jesus' trials. Enter Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of the region, whom the Jewish authorities needed to officially condemn Jesus to death if their scheme to kill him was to be fulfilled legally. As Pilate questioned Jesus, he was convinced that Jesus was not guilty of any crime worthy of death, but welcome to politics, even 2,000 years ago. The schemes and manipulations of evil men accomplished God's sovereign goal, however. The whole world, both Jews and Greeks, proclaimed their hatred of God and killed his son whom he sent. If we don't need God's forgiveness for anything else, we need it for this. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Pilate, Savvy and Spineless. If the Jews had put somebody to death, it would have been by stoning. How do they stone somebody? Well, you get an elevated place with a, some kind of a little cliff or an overhang, and you push the person off, or you tie them up at the bottom, and then you rain down stones on them until they're dead. Jesus said that he would be lifted up. What form of execution lifts someone up? Well, that was a figure of speech for crucifixion. If, if the Jews had succeeded in killing Jesus, it wouldn't have fulfilled that prophecy. So, who's in charge of this situation? Jesus arranging it all according to the eternal plan of God. All right, so that's why he had to go to the Romans. Pick it up. Therefore Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered. Most of the time he didn't answer, but when it was a factual, direct, legitimate question, he would answer. Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative? Or did others tell you about me? He knew that Pilate didn't care at all about his title with the Jews, but he was trying to find a loophole to get himself out of the mess, not Jesus himself. Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth Here's my voice. Now, here comes words you often hear with no reference to the context. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he'd said this, 
he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. Now, the, the Jews didn't want that to happen. They didn't want anything to do with Pilate actually acting as a judge. They wanted a rubber stamp for their death sentence. That's all that they wanted. All right, jump back to Mark. Mark chapter 15, verses 2 through 5. Pilate questioned him. This is overlapping what we just read. Pilate questioned him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, it is as you, as you say. The chief priests began to accuse him harshly. They weren't hearing what they wanted, so they raised the decibel level. Then Pilate questioned him again, saying, do you not answer? In other words, they're, they're screeching all of these accusations, and Jesus just isn't in dealing with them. He said, see how many charges they bring against you, but Jesus made no further answer. So Pilate was amazed. Pilate is seeing through this whole thing. He knows he's caught in the middle. Jesus answered only the legitimate factual questions, did not defend himself against the ridiculous charges. He did not dignify any of the absurd accusations that came from the Sanhedrin. They're over there blustering and shouting their accusations, and they're probably changing because they've been changing all night long. While they're shouting, Jesus is silent, and Pilate is amazed. They just didn't want a judge. They wanted a rubber stamp. Well, now that brings up another change of venue. Mark doesn't mention it, but now he's going to go to Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas was a son of the Herod that you hear of in the Christmas story, Herod the Great. When Herod the Great died, very, uh, very shortly after Jesus was born, Herod Antipas received one of the four slices of the uh, territory that had been under Herod the Great. He ruled over Galilee and Perea. Galilee, up around the Sea of Galilee, Perea to the east of the Jordan River from, from there. He was their leader under the jurisdiction of Rome, while Pontius Pilate was their guy down in Judea. This Herod Antipas, he's the Herod that you've already heard about in Mark. Remember his backstory? He's the one who had a wife. He had married her for one of those political alliance situations. He dumped her. He wooed and committed fornication with and then stole and married the wife of his half-brother. When John the Baptist called him on his very open treachery against his first wife and the incestuous marriage to his next wife, Herod Antipas had had John the Baptist killed. And remember how that played out? Even getting his head on a platter, that whole situation involved immorality and drunkenness and manipulation. Shows you how these people functioned. When Herod Antipas then, having killed John the Baptist, when he heard about Jesus and all that he was doing and saying, he, with his bad theology, he feared that Jesus might actually be John the Baptist coming back from the dead to seek revenge against him. That's why he wanted to meet Jesus. He wanted to kill him just in case his superstitious wacko theory was true. 
But all along, Jesus deliberately evaded Herod's clutches. So this was the first time that Herod saw Jesus face to face. And when he saw Jesus face to face, remember, Jesus has already been beaten and pummeled and uh, spat upon. It wasn't very impressive. So Herod Antipas is the one who oversees the second part of the Roman trial, not in Mark. So let's jump to Luke this time. Luke 23, 6 through 12. When Pilate heard it, heard the accusations against Jesus, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. Probably had heard Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth is in Galilee. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was in Jerusalem at that time. When you're the governor over the Jews, you want to make nice, you want to at least have a pretense of caring. So Herod was there for the Passover. Now, Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus because he'd wanted to see him for a long time after the John the Baptist incident. Read on. For he had wanted to see him for a long time because he had been hearing about him and, here's what he wanted, and was hoping to see some sign performed by him. Oh, I hope I can get that guy to my palace and he'll do a trick. That was, that was the depth of what he was really thinking about. it. And he questioned him, Herod questioning Jesus, at some length, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes were standing there accusing him vehemently. These guys never shut up. Just accuse and accuse and accuse and accuse and accuse. Change people, accuse and accuse and accuse some more. They're not listening, raise the volume. It was awful. Herod, keep reading in Luke, Herod with his soldiers, after treating him with contempt and mocking him, see, he was no longer threatened by him, so immediately he turned it into a joke. He, he Mocking him, that he dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. Now, Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that day, for before that, they had been enemies with each other. You see what a uniter Jesus was? Pharisees and Sadducees hated each other. The only thing they ever agreed upon is kill Jesus. Pilate and Herod could never get along except, well, we both like to make fun of the Son of God. So they became friends. So here he is now, forced into this dazzling royal robe, bleeding already bruised, maybe close to unrecognizable by them. We see of Herod's character just what we already knew of him. No problem with treating the Son of God as a mock king. Uh, Once he found out that Jesus wasn't an immediate threat to him, he just turned him into a joke for his own depraved amusement at the expense and pain of Jesus. So Herod returns Jesus to Pilate, and he didn't add any charges. And as a matter of fact, Pilate sent him to him saying, I don't find any guilty of anything. So you wind up with two now independent witnesses saying that despite the loud and incessant accusations from the chief priests and scribes, he's innocent. They both added, though, to the title, both Pilate and Herod added to his title, Man of Sorrows, from Isaiah chapter 53, which describes the the physical torture that Jesus endured before the, before the cross. Now, that brings us to the third part of the Roman, ta- Roman trial. Again, back in front of Pilate, and this time we jump to Mark again. 
Mark 15, 6 through 8. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.